With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're ready for a great weekend. I mean, listen, outside of Chris Paul being traded, I think we're I think we're done here. I think I think we've restructured enough of the league. What do you think? Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Farmers. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything when it's game time. Have an experienced player help you stay in the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. So, uh, Oklahoma City moves south, and Russell Westbrook ja- joins James Harden. Wow. Wow. You know what's interesting is there are just certain guys, there are certain places where uh, it's not just innovation, but you ever know somebody who's a hey a serial entrepreneur, right? Or maybe you've seen these movies where there's an inventor, you know, like like Data from uh, Goonies, where he's got the slick shoes. He's got some inventions work and some inventions don't. But the the, the you continue to think and try and push for new inventions. You remember that? You ever think of that? That's kind of who Daryl Morey is. I mean. 
Think about the roster in Houston. Think about this for a second. You go back to 2012, 2013. They were like, man, we're all in on Jeremy Lin and Chandler Parsons to play alongside James Harden. Remember that one? Yep. Uh, The next year, they went out and they got themselves Dwight Howard. They're like, all right, we need a big. I know we don't play that way, but we're going to play a big. And they added, they added Dwight Howard. And then, of course, the next year after that, you know, it was 2000, what, 2014, 2015. They still had Howard for half the season. They added Trevor Reza. Uh, they also had uh, Donatus Montejunas. And so they changed styles yet again. You go to the very next season. Dwight Howard was back. This was after his injury-plagued year the year before. You know, and uh, Montejunas uh, was jettisoned. They add in Corey Brewer, and they tried it again. They tried the Dwight Howard thing. That didn't work. They get rid of Dwight Howard, and they go Eric Gordon and Lou Williams and Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson, they go, well, we go with a guy who's a back-to-the-basket five to the stretch four in Ryan Anderson. That'll work. That'll open up the lane. That lasted all of one year. Then they went out and moved mountains and got Chris Paul for two years. They've tried everything. Here's what's going to happen. I think Russell Westbrook makes them modestly better. I think Chris Paul is a better player for the life of his career than Russell Westbrook, but he got injured in some key moments. He struggled to get along with some people, and he's now going to be on his fourth or possibly fifth team. Maybe he'll get traded, and he's not going to win an NBA championship. That said, Russell Westbrook's a better player at this point in his career. He has more juice in the tank, even though he's had a couple of knee surgeries. He's just a freak athlete, and I think it'll work out modestly well. But it's not going to win them a championship for a, a multitude of reasons. Here's the three biggest ones. Number one, most importantly, the West is, in fact, better. Whereas la- the last two years, the last three years, all they've had to shoot for All they've had to shoot for is the Golden State Warriors. The last five years, the Golden State Warriors have been the best team, and they have been possessed with trying to beat the best team. So much so that they're blowing up this team, which could have run it back. But next year, you have the Clippers, you have the Lakers, you have the Jazz, you have the Nuggets. I still think the Spurs are sitting right out there, laying in the cut as they get their... They get... uh, DeJounte Murray back as their point guard, a dynamic defensive player. We'll see if he can shoot at all. The Portland Trailblazers still out there, went to the Western Conference Finals. I think they got better. Um, and I wouldn't count out Golden State. You're going to have, you're still going to have Steph and Draymond. And now you in, add in D'Angelo Russell. It's not crazy to think that they'll win some games. Minnesota, NOLA, the Dallas Mavericks will be demonstrably better. By the way, Christoph Przingis signs a monster deal despite not having played a game in like a year and a half. So I think they're modestly better and more athletic and you have a guy who's younger and plays really hard and has played in big games. But there's two other reasons that I don't like it. One is, what are they going to do? Who are they going to be? And does the team have Mike D'Antoni's back? 
Does he have Mike D'Antoni's back? Because Mike D'Antoni had to get rid of all of his assistants and could not get work a contract extension for a guy who doesn't hold players accountable traditionally, especially the defensive end. It makes it worse when players don't know if they're even going to be playing for him by the end of the year, let alone next year. And the last part is this. James Harden's on the team. James Harden's your best player. In basketball, you are who your best player is. James Harden is their best player. Do I think Chris Paul is perfect? I do not. I am a Chris Paul fan. I realized that he wore people out in L.A. with the Clippers, and he wore people out with the, Horn, with the, uh, with the Rockets last year. But I would also point out that part of his frustration, a major point of his frustration, was not just the over-dribbling and over-handling by James Harden, but James Harden didn't play the other end of the floor. And he knew it, and he knew ultimately it would kill him because you are who your best player is. And if your best player doesn't play any defense, that's who your team is. So we're left with the Rockets who have constantly tried to remake themselves time and again, trying to throw something at the wall. And I think it sticks. I don't think it's, but do I think they'll win a championship? Probably not. Do I think they'll be really good? Yeah. You can have, you still have Eric Gordon. You still have Clint Capella. You know, you got, you have Austin Rivers coming off the bench. You're fine. You're good. They're going to upgrade over a team that two years ago had the best record in the NBA but it's still the same team that loses at home seemingly every year in the playoffs, a team that could in fact be injury injury prone and a team that kind of has some mismatched parts, not just in terms of how they fit together, but how they fit whatever system they run. The perfect example is a team that loves three, three point shooting and high efficiency. Three point shooting has the least efficient three point shooter now playing the point guard position. And he's never been one to pass first. And that's Russell Westbrook. How do I think it'll work? I think it'll be okay. I think they'll go into the playoffs. I think they'll win a series, possibly two, and likely come up short. Why? Because I've seen this movie. I know exactly how it ends. James Harden has never been accountable, has bad habits, won't play defense. It'll frustrate Russ. Russell Westbrook has bad habits, takes bad shots. It'll frustrate James Harden. And of course, Mike D'Antoni does not have the backing of his organization and he's not never been a browbeater, which is what these guys actually need to get the job done. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Sam Amick joins the show on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Sam, I was trying to actually give context on when James Harden was dealt to Houston. People forget two things. One, they thought the hard cap was coming. And so you had to decide what you were going to keep, what you weren't going to keep, or if it was a luxury tax, you didn't want to be the tax. And the second part to that is the Thunder knew they had to play the Lakers and the Spurs. Both had two bigs, and that's why they needed Ibaka instead of Harden, as well as the fact that James Harden kept going to strip clubs during the NBA Finals and playing terribly. I I get that we look back seven years removed and go, how could you possibly make that trade? But during the context of a time, the guy asked for huge money, they lowballed him a little bit. There's a reason why everything was done. Fair? 
Yeah, I mean, fair, but but hindsight is it's a combination of 2020, but it's also pretty brutal on the Thunder because the tax situation in the end was not you know nearly as much of a deterrent as they believed at the time, and that that was hard to handicap. And then on top of that, when you're talking about a essentially a 45 million dollar gap between what they had on the table and, and what you know James uh, and his agent at the time, Rob Pelinka, now Lakers GM, wanted. It's just it's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, but I mean that listen, that's ready to get debated until the end of time. And it's you know, it's not ever been as simple as three M V P caliber talents on the same roster. How would you get rid of any of them? Yeah, the other thing from the OKC side that they certainly to this day try to remind people of is uh the the shelf life for James Harden being a willing member of the second unit was not very long. You know, he was not gonna sit there and and enjoy that existence uh, for too much longer. And I think all those things ultimately sent him packing. Uh, okay, so what's your immediate reaction to the trade? Um, man, I don't know. I mean, I we reported a few days ago that Houston was interested, um, but it was the incarnation that had Chris staying around, which was obviously extremely unorthodox, but would have been entertaining to watch. So those three guys try to share the ball with Chris, Russ, and James. And so... This version of it, uh, I mean, the media reaction is, is the Thunder continue to make the best of a bad situation and stockpile, at this point, eight first-round draft picks in the past six days between the Paul George deal, Jeremy Grant deal to Denver, and this one. Uh, it's, it's probably the fastest rebuild in terms of assets in the history of the league. So we'll see what they do with that. On the Rockets side, you know, not surprised at all because, A, I knew they had interest, and, B, I mean, you know, and I just got back from Vegas. You could probably hear it in my voice. But, like, Daryl Moore, he's a risk risk taker. He he gambles. You know, that's what he does. And he believes in the idea that there are 15 to 20 elite players in this league and you do, you know, whatever you have to do to get as many of them as possible. How does it it work? Uh, So I've leaned on some coaching types and scouts today and, and been met with mostly optimism and the idea that, that they'll figure it out. I think it matters that in terms of the human dynamic, um, one of my colleagues or two of my colleagues at the athletic, Michael Lee, Brad Dawson had reported yesterday that the Russ is very excited about playing for Mike Antoni and his style and the space that, that he, you know, kind of has within his system and having the type of shooters around him in Houston that he didn't have at OKC. And I think that matters a lot because we all know that we've been kind of debating Russ's coachability for years now. And I thought Billy Donovan did a reasonable job with that relationship, but Russ is a handful. So that matters, and they keep, for now anyway, you know, unless something changes, they have their core. You know, you're talking about Eric Gordon, Ken Capella, P.J. Tucker, all those guys. Um, they're going to be really good. Now, James and Russ specifically, you know, that's where, you know, their their personal dynamic needs to be really, really on a high level because they're going to have to, from a chemistry standpoint, figure that out. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, the, especially the spacing sentiment. I agree. I mean, one of the things that led Durant to leave to go to Golden State was when they lost to Golden State in the in the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals. Golden State wasn't guarding Andre Robertson, wasn't guarding Stephen Adams. So you're playing three on five, right? Everywhere you went, and I think Russell got was and and so was Paul George. They were frustrated with the fact that. Steven Adams guy, and they just did not draft or sign enough shooting, and so there wasn't the space. And I'm, I will grant anybody, hey, look, Russell's got to shoot a higher percentage. He's got to take better shots. 
But I will have Russell's back from this perspective, even though he hasn't shown the ability to be truly coachable. Look, it's hard to get really good shots when you're playing three on five or four on five. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, and the other thing is, I think the overall makeup of the Rockets roster can potentially just allow Russ to do what he does best more often. I mean, you know, we've been asking for him to be a shooter forever, and he's not a shooter. He's just not. And he'll hit that dagger, you know, that you don't see coming from 35 feet after missing six in a row. But he's not a shooter. And his percentages have continued to uh, decline. And, but in, in this landscape, now all of a sudden, you know, with those lanes a whole lot more wide open than before, with the shooters doing what they do all around him and his ability to, to look at that lane like it's a, you know, you're at the bowling alley and you just, just all this room to roam, you know, the, just attack that rim. That's what he does. The guy's a beast. And, and you know, combine that with James and, you know, you're talking about a guy who was right there again in the MVP race and, and has been in the running for that for five years. Uh, I think it'll be good. The defensive side will be interesting, not to get in the weeds too much, but, you know, them losing Justice Ellis, their defensive captain on the uh, the coaching staff, I think matters a lot. And, and you have all, all the weirdness with Mike D'Antoni and his lack of a contract extension. So still strange times in Houston, but, but I admittedly I'm excited to, to see how it works. Chris Paul to Miami. Are there any other possible destinations? Um, not that I'm aware of. And to be honest with you, I right now I probably am leaning pretty hard towards the idea that I'm, I don't, Miami's not looking too good. I'm not getting indications that they have a ton of interest. Um, Leon Rose, his agent, you know, has deep relationships with the Heat. Yeah, Dwayne Wade, for all those years, represented by CAA, same agency, you know, and and so. What I keep hearing is that Leon's got a lot of work to do, um, but right out the gate, you know, I had somebody who whose voice would definitely matter telling me no go, uh, and so we'll see if that changes or develops. From there, it just becomes the question of, you know, I mean, there's so much money. I really, you know, I don't think the Thunder have any incentive to buy them out. You're not going to stretch them, uh, you know, in terms of stretching that contract out because that would be brutal on the cap. So I don't know how this ends. I mean, it might take a few months, and you know, at some point, does he kind of wiggle his way to the Lakers or something like that? I'm not sure, but right now, it's pretty unclear. Sam Amick from the Athletic joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, so the dust is relatively settled. If you were going to seed the West one through eight, how would you do so? Um, yeah, putting me on the spot. I mean, I'm a, the Clippers' depth. Lack of a point guard does bother me a little bit. Uh, you know, other than, I mean, Pat Beverly's fantastic, but, you know, conventional point guard. Uh, but I, I like the Clippers' depth, and I love their squad. I think the Lakers are right there. Utah's right there. I mean, it's a pick for me at the top. And Houston, I mean, that is probably my top four. Um, you know, Portland is, is kind of one of the few where I'm not sure what to make of them. The Hassan Whiteside move could pay off, but, but he's a wild card in his own right so I don't know how that looks um, you know Denver I really like their move with Jeremy Grant so you know maybe top four top five to me is all kind of the same with Denver in there but it, it's it's one of those off seasons again Doug where it, you know and it's fine I have no problem having egg on my face but I always laugh when when we try to handicap you know the paper champions and what we think it's going to look like and I feel like you know 80% of the time at minimum it, it winds up looking a lot different when they get on the court than we thought it would when we're talking about it in July. No question about it. And and then you factor in injuries. Uh, are we, after Chris Paul, or if Chris Paul gets moved, are we done, right? Like, 
Is that it? I mean, can we can we all go on vacation now? Because Brad Beal's not going to be traded. Kevin Love's not going to be traded. Not that Kevin Love is at that level, but he has won a won a championship. I mean, are we are we good in terms of the player movement for now? Uh, to my knowledge, yes. But you know, the, the situations you mentioned, you know, who knows? Um, you know, even even in OKC, they are definitely talking as if it's a legitimate rebuild. But Sam Presti's aggressive, just like Daryl Morey is. And this part of me that's like, all right, Sam, how long can you sit on all those assets? Are you going to be tempted to, I mean, he's got, this is a Boston-type situation, right, where now he's got the type of assets where he's in the in the ball game for any star out there. You know, now, we don't have a prime candidate, you know, um, in terms of a guy that, that you go after right now and, and also with the rest of their roster timing, you know, is off, but... I think it's time to unplug a little bit, but every time I say that, you know, the old godfather line, they, they pull me back in, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last thing, you mentioned Oklahoma City. We're seeing it kind of in New Orleans, although they are they do have some veteran players that are going to try and win. You know, Charlotte. Um, you know, we'll see what with Indy when Victor Oladipo comes, comes back. But, you know, right. the, the smaller markets, frankly, Toronto which I know is not a small market, but has to participate like a market that's not going to get a high-caliber free agent. Maybe they can get start getting some can- Canadians to come back as, as free agents. There seems to be the haves and the have-nots, and your choice is either build from the draft and with a young roster and then hope to maybe trade for a star you know, who's disgruntled or late in his career or build from free agency the way that's now have, although they built organically before that, the Clippers now have the Lakers have, uh, and and you know the, the the bigger the bigger teams are trying to are are the NBA owners of the smaller market teams are they okay with that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they're frustrated. Um, you know, OKC is the latest one. So New Orleans did as well as you can do. Uh, you talk about making the best of a bad situation. I, I, I really like their roster and they're excited. But, you know, I actually saw people a couple nights ago at a, a thing at Summer League in Vegas, and, and I was very positive and congratulatory. Like, man, you guys have had a pretty incredible four weeks or whatever it is. And he kind of shrugged. He's like, thank you. I appreciate it. He's like, we still lost Anthony Davis. You know, like, it's, we still lost an incredible ball player. So the small market squads and, and more, you know, their owners, I guarantee you, you know, at Board of Governors the other day in Vegas, they were vocal. There were robust conversations about, um, the rules pertaining to free agency, the, the rules pertaining to contracts, and what changes might we be able to make for the most part. But, you know, there's quite a relief that they have moved on from that contract, and, but they had to give it to them at the time. So you either give the guy that monstrous deal, you know, that the CBA says that's the advantage you have to keep a guy, you know, or it ends up becoming a situation where the guy wants out and, and he didn't stick around even though he could have got it in that market. So right. or, I think or, more or, change is coming. Yeah, or they're, they do the Kawhi Leonard where you sign a two-year deal and then you get the 10 years vested. Or, or maybe right. the other part, too, and this may be more Kevin Rant, like, look, I'm already making $25 million a year. Would I like to make 45 yeah. or 50 Like, yeah. But the chances I spend... I spend $250 million that I've made over my career are slim and none and none just left the building. If I, if I know at all what I'm doing, for sure. it, does be, so it does become monopoly money instead of just money for happiness. But to tie a bow on that, because I like the way you put that, 
it's like, not to, I mean, all due respect to the guys who've gotten super maxes, I feel like there's this element of, like, the guys who took it probably knew they didn't deserve all of it, and they grab it because, the small, you know, they know that it's, it's available to them. And then the Kawhis and the Durants and guys like that, like, they just, you know, they can go to bed at night, even Kevin with his Achilles tendon injury, knowing that they're getting that money in the fifth year at some point anyway. Right. Right. Uh, you know, like the Marcus Cousins is a great example. He was really ready to take that money in Sacramento, and you know, and in the end, you know, they, they got spooked, and that's why they traded him. Yeah, and you know what? The, the other part is this: more people should do the rust. That I think they'll start taking it. I think they'll all start taking it, and then if they don't like it, force themselves to be traded. And there, there, right. therein lies the the issue. And I, I do think Oklahoma City probably told. Those guys, hey, look, if if it starts to go bad, we will move you. Like that's how they. Yeah, I agree. They, they, and and but I, but there at some point there will be a guy who takes a supermax deal who a year into it says like, nah, I'm out, and I don't know what you do there. I, mean, I don't know if you just move on from a guy if you're going to take a bad, you know, just to take some draft picks and to start over. Sam, this has been. I heard. Uh, go ahead. I know. I know. We got to get out, but I heard an interesting idea along those lines. Uh, these are the types of things that get thrown around the owners' meetings. But like, if you take the supermax, maybe you got something in there where that guy just cannot be traded for the first three years. Like, if you want the money, then you're stuck for X amount of time, and both sides better figure it out. But though, you know, those are the type of ideas floating around. Yeah, going to be interesting. Sam, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that after Chris, if Chris Paul gets moved or doesn't get moved, we can all go on vacation. I'm with you, brother. I'm going either way. The the flight's booked, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll be on my phone when I'm across the pond, but, but we shall see. All right. Let us know. Safe travels. Right. We'll follow you on IG and on social media. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Doug. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. John Middlecoff joins us. He's a former NFL scout. Three and Out is the podcast. And uh, we spoke earlier on the Dan Patrick Show. I don't know if you heard this quote from, can I read you this quote from USA Today from Dak Prescott? Yeah, fire um, away. Uh, for somebody that says you, you, you can only take so much because of the salary cap, you can only do this or that, I don't know how fair that is to say because with gambling, everything going on in the league, everything's going to continue to go up. It's important for these guys to get every bit of their worth. I want to see Zeke be the highest paid. I want to see Amari be the highest paid. I want to see myself be up there. And I don't think that's too far-fetched. Because at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, a year or two later, you're not going to be the highest paid. That's just the way the game goes. Like, you can't have three players. And and look, Amari's not going to be the highest paid wide receiver anyway. But you can't have three players play to the top of their... You can't feel the team. Like his whole, the whole thing's built around the offensive line. Like, well, I don't even, what is he even talking about? I don't know, it's a stupid statement because he, he should have prefaced it by saying, if what I'm about to say means we're not going to play together anymore. So we can all just go to other teams and, and make a lot of money. But they also have Demarcus Lawrence. They just broke off. They paid him a lot of money. Tyron Smith, their left tackle, who's aging, but he makes a ton of cash. Jalen Smith coming up the pipe, making a lot of money. And... Like the thing with Dak, and we talked about it earlier, you're so valuable as a Cowboys quarterback, especially as a Cowboys quarterback on a good team. Like Tony Romo was cool. Once the Cowboys, a couple of those playoff years, and that Tony was playing well, he went to a different level. And Dak, he is the lead voice for CBS, lead analyst for CBS. I know. Lead voice had no <laughs> broadcasting experience. Why do you think that is? Well, exactly. And meet anyone now and just bring up Tony Romo, every guy would say, yeah, I'd want to hang out with that guy. I mean, he's, he's more famous now than he was playing. He was pretty damn famous when he was playing. And the thing with Dak, 
I, I really think, on paper, you could make an argument the Cowboys are the best team top to bottom. Now, we could argue that all day long. They're definitely a top-five roster. Now, a lot's going to hinge on Dak, and it's why I've been adamant I would not pay Dak right now unless he's willing to take a discount. And when I say discount, I mean like $23, $24 million. But if you pay him $25 million and you guaranteed him $60, $70 million, then it would enable you. Kaepernick did that when he signed a big deal with the 49ers. The problem was with the 49ers, they let all these guys walk, you know, and it it kind of screwed up everything they had going. We know Jerry Jones is not into that. Everyone knows Jerry Jones wants to keep Dak, wants to pay Amari. But if he pays Zeke, or I mean Dak, when Dak, that comment means Dak's thinking 30 plus million dollars a year, right? If you do that, some of these guys are gone. That's just, that's a reality. Because at the end of the day, with Dak's comment about up, 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 it's true, but it's still the salary cap is not 300 million. It's still 180. And next year when it goes up, or 188, it'll be 197. It doesn't jump that much. Yeah, and again, you, you have to pay everybody else. You just can't lump it into like three dudes. The other problem, Doug, is they drafted so well. All these sweet teammates he has, especially on defense, the, like those guys will never make as much as him. But paying multiple guys on defense, one guy 20 and then three other guys 10 plus million dollars adds up. You know, you do have 22 guys on the field. That's a, that's a lot of players. It absolutely does. What do you think? Have you, have you heard this latest thing, the idea, the proposal? Hey, we'll play 18 games, but the max you can play is 16. My thought is eventually they're going to get to, we'll, we'll put five more guys in the roster, right? Five more guys in the game day roster, 46 to 50, becomes 51. Now that's 160 more jobs. Is that, is, that how you, is that how you navigate this idea of playing 18? I still think 18 games is a mistake, but they appear to want to do it to make more money for everybody. How do you think they handle it? Yeah, I mean, I think you talk to anyone in the NFL, especially kind of the younger generation, and I know you know guys that run teams, they think it's so moronic that you have the game day rosters only 45 and not the actual 53 guys that you prepare with during the week. Uh, that, that, to me, makes zero sense. And then there probably should be some wiggle room that, like, I don't know, maybe every week on top of those 53 guys dressing, maybe you get to pick two of your practice squad players. You know, it's, you, you have the guys. I mean, they're literally in the building six days a week. Just those, those practice squad guys don't travel. And then half the game day, or I mean, you know, that eight players on the game day roster just are in sweats on the sideline. To me, that doesn't make much sense, especially when you claim safety first. The other thing, I, I think that they need to figure out a way that's very antiquated. You talk to anyone that negotiates contracts in the league. The NFL's big on, because back in the day when they created it, like the 70s with these big contracts, or not big contracts, but at the time they were, you had to put all this money in escrow, every guaranteed penny. Like if I sign an NBA player to $200 million contract, like Steph Curry, I don't have to have the $200 million on hand. Well, when Matt Ryan got a $100 million signing bonus, now Arthur has the money, but the Falcons had to put $100 million in this escrow account, and he got a large portion of it, and then within a year he gets it all. And they, they need to figure that out because that, to me, is screwing up some of the stuff, too. But, yeah, I'm with you. They need to uh, – the expanded roster – you don't even expand the roster. The, the players are already on the teams, you know? It's not like you need to go sign guys off the street. They, the teams start with 90 mans. So when the training camp starts here in a week or two, 90 people show up. And then they cut it down to 53, but it's really 45 because, you know, give or take a player throughout the year – to me, that number 
couldn't you make it like 58 or 60? Uh, I think so. And I think, I think that's the negotiating tactic that they take in the next CBA is instead of, you know, the players at the top, top end went, uh, want more money, but the way in which you get things done is the rank and file. And, you know, good luck, good luck getting a union to vote against. Like I said, if you had five roster spots, five, that's 160 jobs. Like, okay, here's the deal. We could pay your top end guys more money or we could get 160 more jobs, even if it's the low end. And well, one right? thing I always love, yeah, for sure, is like in a blowout game in the NFL during the season when people go, why are the starters still in the game? Because like, they're not. You, there's no backups to some of these guys. Yeah, I mean, there's only seven offensive linemen dressed, so you can't just have the two backups play. Where are the other three guys coming from? You only have four or five wide receivers. Your players are the players. You know, This is not college football where – when you turn on a game and there's, you know, 100 guys dressed and they're playing, I don't know, 60, 70 plus, especially on special teams. That's why when you turn on and you go, why is Earl Thomas running down there on special teams? Well, there's a finite number of players. So you just, there's only so much you can do. And that's, I'm with you. I, I think that's inevitable. That, that's going to change. All right. So for people who haven't heard of what's going on in Houston, remember they tried to go out and get a general manager from New England and... And, uh, and that didn't work. That didn't go over so well. He has to stay home and stay in New England. So instead of hiring a general manager, like, eh, we'll just everybody kind of do their thing, right? And the general manager is kind of like the sales manager. You're in charge of everybody. So you can take, you know, everybody's information and then make your own decisions. Let's start with the Jadeveon Clowney thing. I, I don't know how this, when, when it comes out that Bill O'Brien is the one who said, like, let's not give a long-term extension to Jadeveon Clowney. Doesn't it make it really hard to see Jadeveon Clowney playing for Bill O'Brien in the long-term future? See, see, to me, this is where two years ago, if you had a well-put-together front office, if Howie Roseman was running it or Bill Belichick, people that were going to be there for a long period of time and you know, know the thinking about the long-term, because Bill O'Brien is just living day-to-day, you would have traded him two years ago when you could trade him get a good pick back, and then let that team pay him. Now a team's going to go, you're going to want, you know, probably at worst, a second-round pick for the guy, but I'm going to have to give up a second-round pick, and then I'm going to have to pay him an astronomical amount of money. Which, so which is, which is, which is part, of what, part of why the, the Raiders is like, look, it wasn't we, – we got two first-round picks, and they had to pay him the money, right? So, so it, he's, exactly. not, he's not Khalil Mack, but what is he in terms of his value? Well, that, that's why the Melvin Gordon requesting a trade. Well, Melvin, no one's going to trade a good pick that they'd be willing to give up and then pay you. That's not how this thing works. That's why Khalil Mack was so good. It was, you know, an, it was easy to find people to do business. But the Clowney thing, I, you know, I think a lot of teams would take him in a heartbeat. I think they'd be hesitant to pay him that much money. But they would also be hesitant. Like, no one's giving up a first-round pick for Clowney. Now, I, I would have no problem giving up, like, a third – but then I, I'm not that comfortable paying him because he's a dominant run defender. He's a solid pass rusher, but he's not, he's not the upper echelon guy. He's not even as good as Demarcus Lawrence, just as a pure pass rusher. Uh, now, he's become a very good overall player, but the reason Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack got, you know, well, what's that, $177 million total guaranteed, my math might be off, but because they can rush the passer, that, that's, that's why you get paid. So, so 
And, and Bill O'Brien, if he doesn't like him, he's that was his first draft pick. So right. you talk about it's not like he inherited him. He he's been around him from day one. Uh, that that would that raises red flags around the NFL for sure. Yeah, he's had injuries, and obviously there's gotta be there's gotta be something there in terms of work ethic that has to either injuries or work ethic because otherwise I mean, he's got to be one of the great god-given physical just freaks just standing there getting off the bus we've seen in the nfl in a long time yeah he's a layup line all-american there isn't any question there isn't any question about that what do you think happens with melvin gordon like the chargers are tom telesco he's done a good job melvin ingram two years ago they got out ahead of it gave him a de- gave him a deal i've been told they offered him a contract Somewhere in the nine and ten sort of per year variety in the mid twenties in terms of guarantee, he's owed five point one this year. If they franchised him next year, it'd be in the thirteen ish range. So that would take him first two years above, well above what he's making. And I'm not sure they're going much higher. They're in Super Bowl mode. He needs to play this year. They do have other running backs and survive when he was hurt last year, and he's been hurt a little bit. How do you think this ends? Well, to me, a trade's not an option unless they get blown away by a pick like the Cowboys with Amari Cooper or you know, something like that. That's not going to happen, and no one's going to trade a high pick for a running back. So, to me, he's going to play on the Chargers this year. Now, is his head in the right spot in training? Ideally, you want him in training camp. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty complicated situation. I, I know the 49ers are dealing something similar on a different level with Robbie Gold where the team automatically looks like, oh, take care of your guy. And same like the 49ers have offered Robbie Gold a lot of money on top of the franchise tag, and he keeps being a problem. So the team is always going to look like the bad guy. And like you said, they're offering him probably a hefty raise, but he's still offended by it. That's probably the wrong word, but thinks he's worth more. I think it's really complicated because of Todd Gurley. You just saw Todd Gurley, who was – when he was healthy, is a, well, I mean, arguably the best running back in the league, better player than Melvin Gordon. And that contract is a problem now. And I think similarly like Melvin Gordon, he, he had injury questions. And if there were no injury questions, it would probably already be done, right? It wouldn't be that big of an issue. Just like if Zeke Elliott did not have off-the-field issues, he'd probably already have a long-term issue. Usually when these guys don't have a long-term contract, there is some red flag, either physically uh, either some intangible like a clowny or something off the field like a Zeke because these teams want to sign the guys they draft, right? That's that's the Chargers, Telesco. That's what he learned that from Polian. That's like that's what they grow up in this business wanting to do. But I, I think the running back position is just the ultimate curveball right now, and it, it, it leaves a lot of general managers, even teams that are in – they have a Super Bowl roster. But I, I think it's a tough position for the general manager to be in. You know what it's like? It's, it's, it's like if you had um, an H2 Hummer, right? And you're like, you got an H2 Hummer, and you're like, 10 years ago, this was the car, man. This was the jam. And you try and go and trade in your, your H2 Hummer, and, and the guy's looking at you like, dude, gas is $4 a gallon. That thing gets 10 miles a gallon. Like, sorry, we're just not... You know, if you got a Prius, we'll, we'll give you that one. But we're, we're kind of into that. It just, it feels like somebody needs to tell him, this is actually a great situation. You have a, a former running back who was a former running back coach as your head coach. They actually value you and they'll probably overpay you because they want, they want to resign their guys. 
Otherwise, you run the risk of kind of the harsh reality of what sits, sits out there. I, I love when people use the, the Le'Veon Bell contract. And like, hey, Le'Veon Bell's contract is so good, the general manager who offered it and you signed it got fired shortly thereafter. That's what, that, that's what the Jets feel, felt about that deal. I know. And a good thing for Melvin Gordon, I, I was around Ryan Matthews at, when I was at Fresno State. It sure. was impossible for him to ever you know, follow LT. And you always want to be the guy, right, as a coach that follows the guy after the big-time coach. That's what yep. Melvin kind of has. Even after he got off to the slow start, I think we all acknowledge fans, people in the league, he's an excellent player. Like, he's a winning, high-level player. He's proven to be worth that first-round pick. But it's still, it's still complicated. And I think a lot of it falls probably at the end of the day, if he was a wide receiver, same situation, or a pass rusher, it would be much easier and you just pay him. But I think the running back, that position – just, I mean, a couple years ago, remember the undrafted free agent was his last name Oliver that played with Khalil Mack at Buffalo? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just find these running backs. I mean, the Chargers have done it. It's just I, I would be hesitant to give them, you know, 35, 40 guaranteed. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Gronk just caught some passes in a workout for Tom Brady. He's lost a bunch of weight. Any chance you think he comes back like midseason? I don't know because the one thing that he always hung his hat on was for being this, you know, all-time great physical specimen in the red zone and pass catcher was he was such a dominant blocker, especially these last couple of years as he's aged, he's gotten even better. He became like a six tackle, you know, six offensive lineman for him. So to me, if he was playing last year, let's say 260ish and now he's 235, 240, that's a that's a lot of weight, you know, especially going up against the, the pass rushers and the defensive linemen that are in the NFL now, right? It's just, it's just, it's just really hard. And uh, obviously you take him back, and he's such a physical freak, maybe he could put on 10 pounds you know, in a month or less than that if he really locked in. But I, I just I kind of feel like he's done. I hope he's not. I mean, he's, he's fun to watch, and the Patriots are always on TV, so I'd like him to play, but, but my gut says he, he, he's done. Do you see this uh, the story of Chris Herndon? Chris Herndon's a super talented, really fast tight end, and one of the favorite targets of Sam Darnold. He's going to miss the first four games uh, due to violating the league's substance abuse policy. This is the same guy that had uh, drunk driving, driving while intoxicated after a, a car crash and rest in, in last summer. Like, dude, come on, man, right? C- come on, man. We're trying to trying to keep you in this league here, bud. The sad, the sad thing is, I mean, so many guys in in sports, and you saw it probably for years in basketball, football is the same way. I mean, they just wash out, and everyone know when they play with this guy, like God, this guy could have been really good. And some guys make it because I interviewed George Kittle probably a month ago, and you know, he just he's married, he just goes home, like he leads a pretty boring life. And you know, sometimes boring, those guys are just going to make it more than some of the guys that just. I don't know. We just can't get it together. I mean, these are pretty basic things, right? This is this. It's one thing when you're 17, 18, 19, but you're in the NFL, and then you're playing well. Like you have the world in your hand, and you still can't figure it out. And I would imagine that these next couple weeks are usually when you get these updates that so and so has been suspended. I mean, I just got one right before I jumped on Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito, but that, that's a that's a they a knew conduct. that was coming. I guess that's yeah. a conduct one, right? But, yeah, that was, I think, for, I mean, who knows? He's not I didn't tell you this. But. You know, I was doing yoga one day when he had retired, and I was like, I know that guy from somewhere. It was Richie Incognito, who was, who was doing yoga in my hot yoga studio. I mean, he's, Doug, he was a pro bowler in 17, 
And no one just signed him at 18, obviously, because he kind of came off the rails. I mean, he's what you can never take away from Richie when he's on the field. He can play. Richie is a high end starter. Yes. Yes. How about your boy, uh, Matt Wolf? Uh, he is a baller. The golfer from Oklahoma State who, uh, yeah. who just won his first, uh, first pro tournament? He's, he's pretty, him and, the, him and the other Swiss guy from Oklahoma State, too, are pretty damn good. Yep. Yep, no question about it. All right, dude, uh, uh, podcast. Do you have a guest this week, or is it just you? Just me. Just me. Just you, Randy. Three and Out podcast. Download on the Herd Podcast Network. I'll have mine up probably sometime tomorrow reacting to this trade. The Herd Podcast Network has John Middlecoff, who uh, just joined us, and he has all football talk, a rundown of all the stuff going on in the league. John, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Doug. See you. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.